Hey, welcome back. Okay, so I really messed up with the order of this mini series and I wanted it to flow as a sequence, but now it doesn't, but hey, that's okay. Anyway, so far in part one of our boundary series, we looked at understanding where our boundaries come from through the lens of boundary collapse and that often our behaviours in connection with others develop from the way our needs were met or not met. Children are amazingly adaptive, so when our primary caregivers in act in ways which are chaotic or inconsistent, misattuned or frightening, we firstly react and then behaviours grow as a way to mitigate the stress and from this builds our belief systems. In part two, we looked at the negative cognitions of the self and the limiting beliefs which come from the boundary collapse. This might look like, if I don't do this, they'll be disappointed in me, therefore I'm a disappointment. So the person grows into a maybe people-pleasing mode to continually try and alleviate this feeling of being a disappointment. Or it could be a feeling of rejection or abandonment is the core fear. It may be even in extreme cases, cases this leads to apathy and even further disconnect of, okay, well, I'm a disappointment, so why bother? And this is something I see in teenagers quite a bit. We see also with conditional parental love, what grows could be, I must do this to keep them happy. Therefore, my happiness is built on their happiness. And the limiting belief perhaps becomes, I'm not worthy of feeling my own happiness. Okay, so then I messed up the order of things. And in part three, we looked at a sensory exercise to do to protect our energy and to give us felt sense of a boundary. And this can be particularly powerful for people who are hypersensory or who are empaths by nature and absorb other people's energy. So anyway, in this one, part four, we're looking at identifying and flipping the limiting beliefs to help build a foundation of strong self-worth. And I really love this part because it comes with a certain amount of healthy defiance. Like, of course I'm worthy of feeling my own happiness or I am enough or I am lovable. And it's really powerful to kind of feel this shift and it's something I love to witness within my clients. So by working backwards from how we react to others, we can begin to see first the feelings or the somatic response when triggered, and then the emotions and the thoughts or cognitions which arise from these emotions. And this is where we move on to do a bit of inner child work. And then the adult self can begin to parent the child self and meet their needs with loving attunement. And we begin to pull everything together in a really self-healing, compassionate kind of way. And this is where a bit of journaling can really help identify and write down when you feel you need to have stronger boundaries and this could be in different areas such as time commitment, sensory or personal space, intimate partnerships, family or workplace boundaries and identify how and where it made you feel when you couldn't put in place a strong firm boundary. Also look at how you would feel if you did say no, play it through in your mind. Do you feel empowered or maybe do you feel guilty or fearful? So then you need to search for the why and then we go deeper still. How does that make you feel about yourself? So we're the whole time we're kind of digging and digging and digging to get to the real core belief system at how this kind of boundary collapse or continue, you know, in different areas of our lives can kind of make us feel about ourselves. And that's when then when we've got to that kind of core belief, we flip the script and it might look something like this. If I don't do this, they'll be disappointed in me. And that becomes, well, if they're disappointed in me, then that's their viewpoint. 
Or maybe if I don't do this, they may reject me. And that becomes, well, the right person wouldn't reject me. And so bit by bit, we build this strong feeling of self-worth, of being worthy, of being lovable, of feeling enough. And it comes from a real core foundation of actually working on healing these kind of, you know, real inner, inner child wounds as they often are. So yeah, that was part four. Sorry for kind of muddling it all up and getting it the wrong way around. The last part of the boundary series, we're going to have a look at, you know, how narcissism and codependency kind of interact with one another to kind of really sort of um, maybe brutalise or knock down even people that could have the strongest of boundaries and just to sort of see how we can kind of disengage from that process. So anyway, I'll catch you up on the flip side. Cheers.